Hello and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market. He's Ramon Foster. I'm Dan Kovacevic. He's in Hendersonville, Tennessee. I'm in St. Paul, Minnesota. And what's going on, Moan? Man, cold weather. Trust me. Well, it's cold oh. for the south. Oh, really? You want to compare? <laughs> <laughs> let's go. go ahead. Let's, go. Go ahead. let's it's, hear it. It's teetering around 42 degrees here. Oh, oh no. <laughs> the feels like temp out here in in the Twin Cities is yeah. 15. And where I'm going next, Winnipeg is 5. So, yeah. But the, the, the nice thing is I will be back in Pittsburgh Sunday in time for the kickoff between the Steelers and Bengals at Acrisure Stadium. That's now a 425 p.m. kickoff, by the way. Yeah. For anybody who hasn't reset their schedules, the Steelers getting booted out of prime time won't be the last time that happens that's never moan. happened man moan we're gonna discuss the undiscussable today that's we're gonna mention the unmentionable is it possible even remotely possible that we could have something small good to say about Matt canada uh yeah. The oh, look, everybody just turned the show off. Everybody just went. I, I got something else to watch. Well, I'm I, I mean, we're, we're coming off of a, a dub right now, right? Like that's oh. that was in part because of him. Also, I, I I'm I'm willing to ride with that decaf. We can trash him in a loss. We got to give him a little praise in a dub, man. Well, see, to me, it's not the outcome because he he the Steelers have three wins, not just the yeah. one. Yeah, <laughs> but I didn't think he was a factor at all in the first two. Okay. Yeah. Well, the first um, one was specifically. Yeah, I thought he was a, just a, a detriment, actually. And then there were some things that happened in this game this past Sunday, and then hearing some of the stuff that he had to say himself yesterday, where he acknowledged, you know, hey, we've made mm-hmm. some changes, we've done some different things. I, I mean, this is. This feels so uncomfortable coming from my mouth here, Moan, but there was some stuff that I saw that I kind of liked, including schematically. I mean, uh, again, you have to have some self-awareness in this thing, right? Like, that's the whole point of being a coach is, look, you're you're supposed to coach up your guys and put them in the best possible position to win. And in being in the best possible position means also looking at yourself. That's one thing coaches, sometimes the ones that are idiots and end up getting fired too quick, they think they're always right. (laughs) <laughs> like that's really where they are. They think they have enough time and, and to hear, you know, Matt Canada kind of say something like that. Like, look, I, we've made changes. I understand that there were some differences we should have had. We should have adjusted to maybe before to this point. Right. That's the point. I think all of us have been getting at is, look, we see some things that could be better. We see some things that should be simplified. There should be some challenges given to certain positions, players, and, and just in general, the overall play of the offense, he has to, the same as, as players do, we speak about this a lot, right, DK? Uh, the defense holding up its end of the job and the offense coming up short. He should feel that pressure too. It shouldn't just be a, hey, no, that's a player type of situation. Owning up to a DK uh, could be a good thing, and I don't want to say too little too late, but look, if we have a, a, a huge turnover and what this offense can turn into because he admitted, look, I needed some changes, then you got to at least tip the cat to that. You do, and I, I think, oh, man, this just continues to be painful. This is going to be the hardest segment <laughs> I've ever done. But let's say, and this is hypothetical, okay, and obviously. Yeah. Because it's because it's looking forward. Let's say that Canada 
and Kenny Pickett became some sort of type thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. This to me is a lot like, you know, a, a goalie coach and a goalie, a pitching coach and a, you know, and a pitcher. There's a certain communication that has to happen there. Now, yes, there is a quarterback's coach, of course. And right. I don't think anybody would doubt that Mike Sullivan has that relationship, not just with Kenny, but with all three of the quarterbacks in there. However, there's something that's different about the relationship between the coordinator and the quarterback because the coordinator is scripting what you're about to do. And if somehow, some way, you know what I'm saying here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it has to be that Ty Haley and Ben had conversations either directly or through coach Randy Finkner. Okay. Randy and Ben always had conversations. We see the way Ben and BA Bruce Arians relationship yeah. is too, right? We've seen all of those things. It is important. DK. It is. Look, if, if you just so happen to get understanding, whereas maybe with, with Matt Canna inheriting, you know, um, uh, Miss Trubisky trying to craft an offense for him this entire offseason and then finally getting Kenny thinking he could do the exact same things with Kenny that he did with Mitch. That's a tough spot to be in. While on top of that, we hadn't even mentioned Mason Rudolph in the last few weeks and trying to really make him uh, make making sure he actually shines a little bit in camp and having an opportunity to display his talents. Now it's centrally located. Now you get Matt Canada and now you have Kenny Pickett together. I don't I'm, I'm with you because we've been on this tangent about Matt Canada for a while. OK, look, maybe we need to look outside the box when it comes to him. And um, fairly but, but, so. OK, and fairly yeah. so. I don't know. Really, there's nothing being retracted no. here about no. the performance to date. And, and maybe it's a little bit of um, having now the opportunity to maybe talk to Kenny. Maybe Kenny has kind of said to him, look, I don't like this. I'd rather do it this way. You have me rolling out here, and maybe I want to be able to do that. Being a rookie in this league is, is tough. It really is. And I can't imagine the most important position of them all being quarterback. The quarterback, I mean, you you legitimately think to yourself, if there was a more seasoned quarterback with the skill set that, that, that this offense has, you'd expect to be above board, right? Like, oh, we're really competing. Well, and, and a, as a rookie quarterback, you got to kind of say to yourself, let me learn the ropes first before I start speaking up and speaking out. And maybe that's where Matt Canada and, and friggin' Kenny Pickett have gotten to now. Look, you got to listen to me some. I, I think I, – I don't want to overstate this and say that Kenny Pickett's going to be able to pick his coordinator. Okay, that's weird. <laughs> oh, he's, yeah, he's, that's... he's a rookie and everything else here. That's why I'm stressing again and again and again here that this is in the hypothetical. There are eight games left. That's a half a season in the old school, okay? That's a yeah. lot of football. And if Kenny were to rise up and the coordinator were to work with him, and then yeah. Kenny says, man, I like working with this guy. I'm getting results here. We're getting results here. It's just a very different dialogue. Yeah. You can say this while yeah. at the same time looking back at the first half of the season and saying that wasn't nearly good enough. There wasn't enough imagination. He looks like a college guy, uh, meaning Canada. But if your biggest knock on Canada is that he didn't have NFL experience, yeah, 
what's the way you get NFL experience? Is by having a just NFL team. Yeah, more just games. Call call. <laughs> yeah, more games. You know? Are, do you have the grace, DK, to allow more games? Oh. Look, it's got to play itself out is what we're saying. That's all I'm saying is, is I'm, look, if someone You're asked patient me now, wow, no, 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 no. If someone asked me right now, would you rather get rid of Matt Canada or keep him? I'd get rid of him. Okay. <laughs> however, however, I'm open-minded to what the, the, the guy that I believe is the franchise quarterback. If he were to continue ascending yeah. the way I believe that he has, then it's a different discussion. Yeah. I, that's fair. You're, you're hesitant okay here. I that. can feel it. No, I'm, I'm not hesitant. You're not okay. You're not well, okay with this. I'll say this. I won't let him go during the season. Okay. I don't I don't think that's the right move to make. I don't think that's fair to Kenny. They're not going to do that now. No. Yeah, it, it just ain't fair to Kenny. No, and, that's, that and, ship and to the just offense. sailed. Yeah, that ship mm-hmm. is sailed, man. Uh, but to have input on what Kenny Pickett likes to do, I think they need to strongly consider that and how they want to, you know, draw up routes and protections and show his athletic ability. And this guy is here. Yeah. This guy is here. It's it's, it's, what a wild dialogue. (laughs) When we come back, when we come back, let's bring it back to earth a little bit with a discussion about the Hall of Honor. Back. The Steelers recently put together a Hall of Honor, and you would think with this franchise that the greatest challenge in doing that is just fending off all of the qualified people, the immensely qualified people. This year's class uh, had four new inductees, Heath Miller, uh, Myron Cope, uh, a guard, Sam Davis, and a halfback, mm-hmm. Ray Matthews. They also brought in Louis Lips which was a nice gesture, even though yeah. he'd been inducted officially the year before, but he wasn't celebrated the way he could be this year because of mm-hmm. the, the the pandemic restrictions. Moan, what do you think, first of all, just about the, the, the Rooney's making this move and, and creating this hall? Man, it's, it's necessary, man, because making the Hall of Fame is such a hard thing to do for so yeah. many folks. The, the criteria for offensive linemen, look, that's tough, right? The, the criteria for defensive linemen is tough, too, and just receivers. And I think when you centralize it to, to an organization and what their importance was to the, to the team in their era, despite what their peers were doing across the NFL and in the league, I think this is super important with, with how they kind of designate this. And really, even if it's a very hard class to get into, a hard achievement to get with the Steelers, I think we'll still see more guys that's deserving of it that we know in black and gold than the NFL ever knew about or even gave that much respect to, man. Heath going in to me is, how many times was he a so pro bowler? You, you, so you know what I'm perfect. saying? In, Isn't in the he world, the ultimate example, though, Moan? He is. and, and, and not, He's not getting into Ken, okay? No, he's not, man. But, uh, 11 but, years in this yeah. league. It, it just, if I told you Heath only made two pro bowls, you laugh probably. It's absurd. It's it, absurd. It, if if it, if all you did, I'm sorry. I, I don't want to get all. Whatever no, take off. It's just with with Heath in particular. If you think of him purely as a pass catcher, you just yeah. watching. And like you said, who's going to know more? Who's going to mm-hmm. appreciate him more and and have a sense for how much he meant than the people that are right here? 
Yes. And and this is the thing, too, man. I think the Hall of Honor, almost any team, every uh, I know Baltimore got a ring of honor. Heck, Jacksonville got one also. Who's their uh, just recently uh, left tackle um, that went into the Hall of Fame? Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Scott Benelli. Benelli. Baselli. Baselli. Baselli's yeah, yeah. been in the Jacksonville Hall, I mean, Ring of Honor for years mm-hmm. before he even got consideration to the NFL Hall of Fame. I, right. And it's this. I think Ring of Honors and, and Hall of Honors per team speak more about the way their peers even respected them and the fans acknowledge what they did way better than what the NFL Hall of Fame does. That's why, to me, it's important. You mentioned Heath Miller to a young guy. They understand what Heath Miller is. Louis Lips to a young guy. You know what I'm saying? Or to, a, to somebody from Still a Nation. You understand what that is. Louis more of was the, the player yeah. on those teams. You got to yeah. understand, Louis was the guy on yeah. those teams. And he was popular and beloved in large part because he was also Steelers tough. Yes. Didn't miss games. Yeah, he he completed his blocks. He was breaking tackles downfield. He had everybody going loo. Okay, <laughs> and then, I know that's not a reason you should ever be on or whatever. Nor is he or whatever. But uh, Louis Lips meant a lot to a, a generation of Steelers fans where those teams weren't particularly good. Louis was. Yeah, no doubt. And I'll bring up a guy that probably never get in and is, and, and is super deserving of it, man. When I say his name and what he meant to the city, you're going to be like, yep, Casey Hampton. Oh, that's so good. Nose tackles don't get in. They what just do don't. Do with what do you do, though, with those whole with that, that whole late 2000s defense? What do you do think, with that group? Do you just far, like put them all in? Think of which one is <laughs> no. it, the Sports Center or Sports Illustrated or ESPN Magazine with that defense on the it front? It was SI. It was SI. Hemp, yeah. Hemp was in the middle for a reason. Hemp yeah. is loved by his teammates for a reason. You see what I'm saying? Like They all wrapped that. around him. Everybody. There was James Harrison, Troy Polamalu, and they all wrapped around Casey on that cover. It, it, it brings a, a smaller microscope or bigger microscope to the guys that play small but big roles within the cities they were invested in. Those key plays, to me, bringing up Brett Kiesel as someone that could potentially get to the oh. position Hall of Honor. He's never going into the Hall of Fame. No. Nope. But in the but Hall of Pittsburgh? That's different. You see what I'm saying? Like That's they're, different. They're, Guys that serve time that got, you know what I'm saying, uh, like local accolades in a sense of their importance to a team, DK. And for I, anybody I, who hears this and thinks to themselves, well, let's get to, you know, this, you guys are starting to run it a little thin. You're, you're going to put too many people in and water it down. I don't think so, because over the course of time, you're going to have bad teams, too. Yeah. See, in case in point, the 2022 team. Okay, exactly. And you're going to have down periods where your defense isn't filling up the cover of Sports Illustrated, and that stuff tends to balance itself out. The Steelers, fact of the matter, have been really good for a long time. So put your good players in. There's no limits. And exactly, and and I think that's one of the coolest things ever when it comes down to it. Like my university has a uh, a Letterman's Club where they have like these mm-hmm. brick walls, and your name is etched into those walls. Walk-ons that letter, everybody gets their name on it. Is that too many? No, those dudes did something they special did and unique. You they know what I'm it. saying? It, mm-hmm. And it's not it's not your, your, your favorite team's fault that they have a bunch of iconic players. Some organizations can't say that. 
So what's the no. issue in it? <laughs> I, I I don't think there is any. I just I, I like seeing this. I liked hearing the emotion in Heath's voice. Oh man! When he was inducted the other day, um, you could tell that it, the moment even caught him off guard. He said something like, I, "I wasn't sure how I'd feel when I'm up here, but this is." <laughs> this is a thing, you know, and then he has Ben come back to the stadium to support him yeah. uh, on it. Um, I, it's just, it's for this franchise, Yeah, this franchise, this is not only perfect, but I dare say, you know, overdue. It, it is, know? man. And to the people to say you're overdoing it, enjoy nice things is all I tell you. <laughs> like re- respect it when those guys in those stadiums had you feeling a certain way on Sunday, Mondays and Thursdays, or whenever you have a guy like Heath that hoisted two uh, Super Bowl trophies or a guy like Casey Hampton that's five Pro Bowl, two Super Bowl uh, champions, uh, a free agent like James Ferry that played on a different team that just so happened to come in and help your team win a Super Bowl. Like think about those teams. The, the ones we're speaking of are the ones that great that left like landmarks and what a Pittsburgh Steeler legacy is too. James Harrison. Okay. Is he five years past now and is not on the Hall of Fame ballot at this point? You see what I'm saying? Not, like, he, not, not yet, but not he'll, yet, he'll get but, there. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but he's close in a sense. Like, mm-hmm. okay, Hines didn't make it on his first ballot. Hines deserved to be in the Hall of Honor. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's okay yeah. to give people their flowers if they're deserving. Hines is deserving of having flowers delivered to him. Randall L., you know, in a sense of just being significant. And, and maybe that one's up for a yes, no, maybe when it comes down to it. But these guys got moments in that city. Heck, if we're going that route, I mean, <laughs> there has to be like a smaller section, maybe somewhere for a guy like Willie Parker. Maybe he needed more years, but the conversation is dope to have. Yeah, I wouldn't put Willie in. But you see I, what I'm I, saying? I, like love, the, I love the, Willie. The conversation yeah, I, I, that, yeah. is good to have. There's, yeah. there's a conversation. I, I'd like to keep it to like – you know, Marquise Pouncey, who could, who should be considered yeah. for Canton. Okay? 100%. So, but like, as you said, with offensive linemen, it's tough because they allow one in every year. You know how That's that goes. They, just make you, they make you wait your turn like it's a revolving door. I have to ask you, Mom, before we go to break, the Steelers have only one person recognized via statue at their stadium. And that's, of course, Art Rooney Sr. Yes. Who would you have as the second statue? Man, you are forcing me into a corner here. See what here. I'm doing to you today? See what I'm doing to you? I don't think this is that hard. Who should be the second player? Mean no, Joe first Green. player. The first player, Mean Joe mean Green. Joe Green. Right. How okay, is I've there got, not? Oof. While Mean Joe is, is with us and healthy and everything else. Yeah. If, if Shaq Joe. can get one outside the Staples Center. <laughs> Joe Green can get one outside of Acroshore. There you go. All yeah, they I'm did was build the franchise on the man's shoulders. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And not I, I just, his number. <laughs> well, and, yeah. and everything else. And everything else. When we come we back, see we that. Yeah, we, I, he should see that. Yeah, he should see that. He should, yes. he should see that. When we come back, uh, the only segment that matters, right? That's hey, Mom. <laughs> Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. And as ever, the only segment that matters is brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where three expert chefs fine-tune every detail so that every sub, burger, salad, wrap, drink, and app is crafted for craveability. Order your favorite item today at the Get-Go Cafe and Market. Better believe it. 
Moan, better believe that we've got a good one today from Nick Walco. Let's hear. And he and he says, Hey Moan! <laughs> <laughs> I was warned about being too loud with yeah, this nah. headset, so I kind of did a fake one. Hey Moan! Yeah, absolutely. Some fans say, let's play for the future and get a top five pick, while other fans say, let's make a run and sneak into the playoffs. What is your ideal finish for this team? Ooh. Uh, great question, because I'm I'm almost indifferent on it right now. At first, I'm saying, let's go get this top five pick. That's just, you heard me speak about it. You're like, Moan, this isn't the offseason. We're in season right now. We're not speaking about that. I think for the team's sake, it would be good to go get one of those high pedigree type of guys when it comes down to um, when it really comes down to the building of this team, whether it be a top five left tackle, a top five corner, Joey Porter Jr. probably would be one of those guys, maybe um, a top five, just anything, D tackle, DN, outside linebacker. That's just what Pittsburgh dives in, linebacker. I, I got a list of, of positions if you need me to. Um, but where I see us finishing, probably um, seven and seven and ten, uh, simply because I, I just don't see this team quitting. I don't like I've been in that locker room before. We've been bad. Heck, I just looked at Ben's stats from over his career for just gigs. You know what I'm saying? Just laugh, just looking at it, seeing what it was, and I'm thinking to myself, we lost Ben in 2019, my last year, and still went eight and eight. Like there, we sh- we should have been under five. If there was ever a year to be under five hundred, it was that one. Mason Rudolph starting, uh, Devlin Hodges, aka Duck, starting, just trying to figure out what we were. People knew we were going to run the ball, and we still squeeze out a five hundred record. I can't see this team being vastly under five hundred if they intend on being five hundred on this year. And Coach Tomlin doesn't have a way of letting you believe that. There's always a shot. There's always a chance to finish. Um, I say us picking probably 12, 13, 14 in a draft. It's the kind of way I see it right now. It's, it's, it's hard losing in the NFL, meaning everything sucks. Um, and that building just doesn't sit right when it's like that. I've, uh, I've never okay. been around it like that. Meant, I didn't know what you meant by that. That's why I was making that face. Like, okay, not, no, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. The, the no, building, one, no one enjoys it. They want to get out of it. Nobody in that room that's, that's been there for a while has ever really experienced it. Think about it. The years, two years ago, you know, even in Ben's last year, it's like, well, they're going to do the still alike thing. Number one in the <laughs> number one in the AFC. Remember that? And finish AFC North champions and everything else. You get knocked the first round in the in the playoffs, but still, even the year after that, still nine and seven record or or, or, or ten and seven record. That's just the way things kind of go in Pittsburgh, DK. Um, so to say that there will ever be a tank for whoever or a, a top five pick, you're going to have to show me, and it's going to have to look a certain type of way. I do think Kenny is going to start to get it. The offense has to catch up in a point. Um, if there was ever a pivot to be made, it was a, a, against uh, the Do- I mean, against the Saints. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just where this team is, and um, I don't see uh, the, the win against uh, the Saints being the last win that they get. I wouldn't be shocked that they found a way to get Cincinnati again, and that's even coming off a bye. Well, on that note, <laughs> you ready to go there? I am ready to go there. Let's hear it then. Go ahead. Uh, I got Steelers winning. 
I'm, I'm uh, dropping. Uh, I got us winning 21 17. 21 17. champions. A sweep. Okay. And, and I have I have my reasons. This defense, I think you get more reps out of TJ this week. TJ created mm-hmm. a tear for them. Joe Burrow kind of acknowledged it. Like, we didn't know what we were doing. You know, mm-hmm. and Minka being out possibly is, is probably something that's on the docket. But I see this front line getting to it. I do. I see this offense continually making a stand this week. I do. Um, And they're at home. Um, This group offensively took a step. And I think if they compete somewhat with a stagnant, almost stagnant Cincinnati team, then I see us winning at home more than anything. The crowd does play a part in this one, too. You know, Moan, I I go back to that game in Cincinnati, and you actually reminded me of this uh, off camera a little bit earlier that the Steelers' offense was just atrocious out there. It was. And even if all they are is two steps above atrocious (laughs) in this one, you would think that'd be something of a benefit to all concerned. I I, I think Minka's going to be out there. We'll see. You know, Minka, he he doesn't – he really hates these guys. It's not an act. No, he doesn't. Yeah. (laughs) He he I guarantee you he'll be out there even if he's got to carry around – you know, a spare appendix with him or something, you know? <laughs> and, and I think they are still without Jamar Chase. They are. That, they, he will not be playing. And and if it's a – and we spoke about this. Why is stopping the run so important? Well, guess what has to happen this week? Joe Mixon has to be boxed in. And now you're you're at a better place than you were two weeks ago without T.J. Watt. You you have him, and there is presence there, man. If, if we're playing that game of keeping Spillane on the field for the run game, I'm here for that too. It's certainly going to be interesting and entertaining. I mean, Pittsburgh yeah. versus Cincinnati always is, but man, there's 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 a good bit on the line for the other guys, and there's something on the line for the home guys yes, as well. Moan, this is this was really fun. Absolutely, man. Uh, dub for the good boys this weekend, and that's us. <laughs> All right, Moan, let's do it again Monday. Let's do it. <laughs>